This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Educated. Wanna learn how to close deals? Wanna learn how to sell more? That's what we're here for at Sales Genius. Let's go. Welcome to everybody. It's War Games Wednesday. We are lucky today in the fact that we are going to be listening to a new friend of mine, Umar Hamid. Uh, Umar is an individual who goes out and helps sales teams to become better. And his words, he makes salespeople and sales teams more awesomer. Okay, so I want to tell you that's a fantastic thing, especially coming from us as a, a group of entrepreneurs and sales professionals. Uh, to, to sit back and listen to somebody who is successful in sales and successfully coaches and trains teams on the mindset. Joe, you're muted, my friend. I am muted because everything went just bye-bye for a second. So huh? <laughs> I was like, and we're all gone. But Casey, welcome as well. So I want to say that thanks everybody for being here. So Umar is going to discuss with us the mindset that's going to help you not only in sales, but in life as well. So I want to say welcome and I would like to hand it over to you, Umar, so that you can help enlighten the individuals on the group call tonight. So thank you. Welcome. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the program. What I'm about to tell you happened over 30 years ago. Sonia was just about nine years old and this was a significant day in her life. It was six months after the divorce and her mom was going out on her first date and her mom was so excited that evening she turned to her and said, sweetheart, you're gonna be fine. Just keep the doors and windows locked. And with that, her mom left and Sonia had never been left alone before and she wanted to be brave and she wanted to be good and everything was going fabulously well until somebody started walking up the front steps of the house and something about that just freaked her out. So she ran into the kitchen, went to the butcher block, found the biggest knife she could find, ran in the bathroom, slammed the door shut and stood there in the dark holding that knife, waiting for what was gonna happen, what was gonna happen next. And I met Sonia 30 years after that event. She runs a company here in Baltimore. It's uh, profitable, it's growing, it's $30 million in revenue. And one of the things she's proud of is it took her two years to get the right team around the table, the leadership team, a world-class micromanager, every decision that they make, she has to be involved. So she had heard me speak and she came in to see me and said, you know, this is what's going on. It's like a come back to a particular moment in time where you felt like you had to take over. She goes, oh, just the other week I was talking to a client on the phone and uh, I just knew there was a problem going on. I had to take over. I said, okay, in your mind's eye, be at that moment. I want you to see what you saw. Where were you? I was in the office. I said, okay, see it now. I want you to hear whatever you heard, uh, your conversation with him, your inner thoughts, whatever was going on. She goes, okay, I'm doing it. When you do those two things, you get to re-experience what you were feeling. What were you feeling? She goes, oh, that's weird. I felt this uncomfortable feeling over here. I'm feeling it now. And had I asked her, have you felt this feeling before? She would have gone, maybe or no. But there's a tool from applied neuroscience you can use to link uh, any feeling to the unconscious mind that records everything. 
And as soon as I was in the bathroom, holding that knife, they're in the dark. By the way, nothing ever happened. Her mom came to thought, and the thought was to my mom to me. And from that thought, she developed the belief. The belief is me. And that belief had been driving her life for three years. So we uncovered what belief was driving that need to be in charge, to micromanage. And as soon as we figured out what it was, we changed the belief using applied neuroscience. And as soon as we did that, uh, sent her on away. I get a call back about a week later saying, Umar, I'm not sure manage. That's gone. And something weird's happening. For the first time in my life, I can truly appreciate my accomplishments. And that's what I want to share with you today is this. In our society, we think change is hard, change is difficult. If it's ever going to happen, it's going to take a really long time for that to happen. And I'm here to tell you, with neuroscience, the insights there, we now have the ability to create change quickly, to make those changes last permanently. And it's a watershed moment for humanity. And that's the journey I want to take you on. And the thing I want you to really realize is this, that there is a better you inside you. And you know who else agrees? Uh, take a look at this, Apple. that commercial because what it really says to me is this that there is a better you inside you the only problem is how on earth do we find it and the way we find it is comes through that thing right our brain notice the hieroglyphics in that uh, image that came from a papyrus that was discovered in 17 from 1700 BC that's the first time the word brain was ever written there's a ton of facts about the brain right over there let me kind of move me away from the text but the one that kind of blows my mind is that your brain, my brain uses 23 watts of energy. The same energy my LED light over there is using to illuminate this room, we use to go to Mars. We use to create a vaccine for this pandemic that we use to navigate this life. We have a deep understanding of the brain, but we really don't have a deep enough understanding of the human mind. And if we could get a better understanding of that, it would allow us to take charge of our lives. Because this thing that I'm holding in my hand right now is a clicker for my presentation. And this simple little device came with an owner's manual. And the most important thing in the entire world, your brain, your mind, 
does not come with an owner's manual. If we had that manual, just like everything else in the world, it would be easy to navigate it and figure out how to switch on awesomeness anytime we wanted. So one of the systems that I really love is this fight or flight system that we have hot wired within us. The reason this is so important is your ancestors, a hundred generations ago, if they didn't have this, they would have been dead and you wouldn't be here watching me today. And that would bum me out. And the way the system works is this, is that you're walking along and all of a sudden you see something dangerous. You see a snake and you go, holy crap, that's a snake. And before you do that consciously, your thalamus sees the snake and it sends a message to your amygdala and it says, oh my God, this is a snake. We could die. We need to fight like hell or run like hell. And the amygdala launches all kinds of chemicals in your body that allows you to be at your very best self, the strongest version of you. It allows you to have superhuman reflexes. It allows you to be injured and not feel pain. All of that in five milliseconds. But there's another path to the sensory cortex, which sends it over to the hippocampus, which has all this memory snake as a stick. So it sends a message down to the amygdala, everybody. Calm down. The reason I share that with you is this, is all that happens in the background and keeps you alive. I've been in near traffic accidents where all of a sudden this system kicked in and I had superhuman reflexes. I didn't get into an accident. Everything was okay. The only problem with this system is in this day and age that we live in right now, this system kicks in all the time. So we have this stress that we're living in at all times. It's a customer that pushes back on, you know, uh, I'm not sure we need this or why are you here? And all of a sudden we kick into this state and it puts us in not a powerful state, but it puts us in this stress state that allows us to be less than we are. I'm going to come back to this in a moment. The thing I want you to know is that within you is a light. Now this sounds like it's like a spiritual, but so be it. But if you use that metaphor, there's a light within you and it's not shining out. Sometimes we do these spectacular things where we show up in a more powerful way, right? And when we show up in that powerful way, people around us go, wow, you are amazing. What happens the rest of the time? And you're like, oh, I don't know. But if we had the ability to tap into our mindset, it would allow us, it would allow us to take charge of this amazing life that we have. So I wanted to share my story with you because a lot of people ask me, Umar, why do you do what you do? And here's why I do what I do. When I was 14 years old, my mother committed suicide. And at that point, I shut down emotionally and I didn't come out of my shell till my wife saved me. And uh, then I made a decision. You know what? I was working in Silicon Valley, uh, making you know, a ton of dough, having a great life. And then it suddenly occurred to me is that I need to add value to this world. What I need to do is what happened to my mom is I need to take a deep dive into what drives human behavior into mindset, into applied neuroscience. And certainly it's going to help people that are at the edge that need that help. But even more importantly than that, you know, people right now in your lives, clients, colleagues, customers, children, friends, relatives, when you look at them, you go, Oh my God, Judy could be a rock star if only, and Judy wants to be a rock star, 
but for the life of her, she can't figure out why she's stuck. If we could help them, if I could help people take charge of this, it would allow them to go, oh, I can let that go. Not by going to a therapist and sitting in therapy for a year and a half or two years. Because what's amazing is this, is that you can have someone go to a therapist and if you need to go, please go. But just think about this. There's a major issue that's going on. They go to a therapist, six months into it, one Thursday afternoon at 2.22, the therapist says something. It creates an epiphany inside the person and a moment later, their life has changed. I don't care about the six months. When the person said something, what changed inside that person? We call that the change point. If we could get people there, like today, like right now, they would break through the barriers that have been holding them back their entire lives and they would move forward. And when they move forward, they would become a beacon to the people around them to go, oh my God, if Umar can break through, it allows me the possibility that I might be able to do it as well. And that's the journey that we really need to be on. So one of the technologies I use to help people get change is called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. It gives you a deep understanding of human behavior, how we do spectacular things and how we do tragic things that uh, sometimes, you know, stop us. Because some people get depressed super easily. It's like, how do you do that? If you could figure out how they did that, we could teach people how not to do that. If we get someone who's an amazing closer in sales, what that would do is say, well, if we ask that person, how do you do what you do? Sometimes they answer, I don't know, I just do. And sometimes they give you a formula of how to do it. But then you can go to 10 other people that use the same formula, but they do not get the same results. Because what really truly happens within us when we do exceptional things or tragic things, most of it happens at an unconscious level. And what NLP does is it allows us to uncover what that is. So let's take a look at the computer. Sometimes we relate, you know, a metaphor for the human brain is the computer. On a computer, if you look at the hardware, there are hardware is at the base level of the computer. Then the BIOS. And the BIOS basically when it wakes up, it tells the computer, oh, Here's the monitor, here's the webcam, here's the mouse, here's the hard drive. And it allows it to boot up the operating system, be it Mac or Windows or whatever. And then applications like Word and Zoom and all that stuff come at the top. For human beings, the hardware is our brain. The BIOS is our sensory system, what we see, what we hear, what we touch, what we smell, what we taste. And if you believe in the sixth sense, ooh, I'm sending a message right now. And the application layer is where we have language, thinking, self-doubt, negative self-doubt, all that stuff's happening there. And if we try and change behavior at the level of that application layer where we're thinking about it, it's really difficult to do. But if we can go down deeper at the level of beliefs, that's where spectacular change happens. So the question is, where do beliefs come from? So if an event happens that has lots of emotions associated with it, it could be like something amazing like you did this thing and your dad when you were five years old said oh my god you're amazing in front of everyone that could be the defining moment that sets you on a path of awesomeness right you could also have somebody have the same experience and dad says that and this little kid goes dad just doesn't matter what dad's intent was it's how we perceived it and the meaning we made Or we could have heard this from many, many clients, like
you're not a six-year-old, but it gets said a lot. And one kid can be crushed by it. Ends of industry. But we have this emotional event. We make meaning out of it, creates a belief. And what that does is it changes the way we show up. In a moment, I'm going to show you a video of Izzy. Izzy in this video is four and a half years old. And when she was four, she went to a dinner party with her mom and dad. It was a party where she was the only kid, which is the definition of the world's most boring party. And she went there, but luckily they had this cute little dog there and Isabella got to play with the dog all evening long, had a ball. At the end of the evening, mom says, all right, sweetheart, it's time to go. So they put on their coats, hats, gloves, they go to the front door. And as they go to say goodbye, as adults do, they start talking about, oh, we should get together. What about the Jones? It's a long drawn out conversation. So Izzy's like, oh, you guys are so boring. And she goes running back to the dog to play with the dog. But this time the dog isn't expecting her. It gets startled and bites her on the face. She's bleeding. The dog's barking. They take her to St. Joe's. Nurses clean her up. A month later, the plastic surgeon makes the scar disappear. And the only person she sees a scar that doesn't exist and a whole demeanor and face just, and so she, her mom brought her in and we changed the belief around what happened. Say hello to Izzy. I'm Isabella. <laughs> um, the dog is really cute, and I I wanted to pet that dog goodbye because we were going, and I really wanted to stay, but I couldn't. And then suddenly, the dog just started. It just didn't show me any sign that it was gonna bite me or something. So instead, it just bit me to tell me, go away. Um, I saw the scar and I didn't feel like the stitches really fixed me up good, so. So how do you feel now? I feel much better, actually. And what do you see when you look in the mirror? Um, I see myself, and now I don't see any scar. Does it make you feel good? Yeah. Do you feel brave? Yes. Do you feel cute? Yes. Alright. Super cute, huh? The reason I share that with you is this, is that a four and a half year old kid does not know what a belief is. And her mom said, you know, I could have taken it to a psychiatrist, but I think it would have taken a long time, maybe done more harm than good. The reason I share with you is, is this, is that uh, we all have the ability to do that. And uh, just think of if let go of your world, right? So this is my, the best model for how human beings work that I know of. At the heart of who we are is where we hold our beliefs. We have anywhere from 50,000 to 100,000 beliefs that define who we are. The only problem is most of those beliefs we get by the time we're seven years of age. If anybody in authority says something believable, it becomes a belief. It goes in our unconscious. It guides us from there on. 
And by the time we hit seven and kids at seven, basically, if you say something, they are checking on Google to make sure you're not BSing them. They push back, we get another 5% of beliefs. Our beliefs create a model of the world, how we think the world works. And Joe's right now at a, at a dealership training salespeople. And some of those salespeople have a different model of the world than Joe does. And when Joe says you could do this, but some of the salespeople, that thing does not exist in their model of the world. And they may say, sure, Joe, I can uh, fine, but they won't do a single thing to make it happen. Or they'll do it in a way that's destined to fail. And other people go, that makes perfect sense. So our beliefs create the model of the world, how we think the world works. And our model of the world gives us our behaviors. And our behaviors always give us our results. And we can measure those results. And if you don't, you've got a spouse that does. So we've got this behavior that's, let's say, not helping us. So someone like Joe or our sales manager or our boss says, don't do this, do this. This is a much better behavior. It'll give you the results you want. But most people never change that, right? The question is, why is that? The reason that's the case is this. The reason that's the case is this. So we have a behavior that does not change because there's a belief in our unconscious that controls it. It's like a black hole of gravity that locks that old behavior in place. So no matter how much we want to change, we can. And sometimes we get inspired and we do change. But because we haven't addressed the underlying belief, the gravity is so strong after a day, a week, a month, we go back to where we used to be. So if we want to create profound change, we need to go down to the level of beliefs. And when we do that, we get spectacular changes. I had a salesperson come in once who was the number one salesperson for his company. He was earning a ton of dough. And it's like, dude, why are you here? He says, the reason I'm here is this, is that I know I could be doing so much better. There's another plateau that I need to get to, but no matter what I do, I can't get there. What we uncovered was when he was eight years old, he went to a restaurant with his family. And before the waitress came, dad turned to the kids and pointed at him and said, remember, don't order steak. We can't afford it. And in that moment, it created a belief around self-worth and money. And even with that limiting belief, he's the number one salesperson. But anytime he thinks about going to the next level, that uncomfortable feeling comes up and it stops him from executing. Once we change beliefs, we change our lives. The second place people get stuck is this, is that I'll be talking to someone that says, Umar, this year is gonna be my year to achieve my quota and go way beyond it. And they mean it. Strong voice, strong gestures. They mean it with their entire soul. But then a moment later, the other hand comes up. But you know, Umar, it's a tough economy or my education or whatever. The tone of voice will be weaker and the gestures will be weaker. And then they'll go, but besides that, I'm gonna make it. And as soon as I see that, there's an internal conflict of one part of their psyche knowing they can do greatness and another part saying, who do you think you are to be able to do that? And that, in terms of if we have the right tools. And the third place where people get stuck is something I call hot, take a moment and I'll find a, a female in the audience that's near the front. stage, I'll go over and say, hi, I'm Umar. And uh, that person shakes my hand and says, hi, I'm Amy. In the presentation, that's not what I'm trying to do. I said, Amy has a nice handshake. I went to Amy and I put on my hand. That was a trigger. And she's shaken a million hands in her life. So without thinking, she reached up and she shook my hand. But remember that amygdala that I showed you on that front slide? 
her amygdala, your amygdala right now watching me is scanning your surroundings to make sure you're safe. Her amygdala, basically when that reptile part of her brain, went, is it safe to shake Umar's hand? If there's a police officer on duty and you don't know them and you go to shake their hand, they will not shake your hand because you're grabbing hold of their body, that's dangerous. So Amy had to figure out, is it safe to shake Umar's hand? And outside of her awareness, but her unconscious mind made that decision. Because the unconscious mind went this, huh, I could take Umar. So anyway, she shakes my hand and the conscious part of my mind, still at a lower level, had to figure out how firmly do I shake it? If I shake it too firmly, Umar's gonna you know, feel less than. If I shake it like wimpy, he's gonna think I'm a wimp. If I shake it for a little longer than I should, then Umar's gonna go, you probably dig me. And if I shake it for less than, he's gonna think I'm stuck up. All those calculations happened outside of her awareness, all she was aware of is I put my hand out as a trigger. The same thing happens to salespeople. We are masters of our domain at $10 million accounts. We're closing business left, right, and center. Our dream is just down the street from me is McCormick Spice, a billion dollar company. I want that account. And we spend six months getting the appointment. And when we go for that appointment, we go into the reception area and this all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, uh, my company's too small. They want to want, won't want to do business with me. All of a sudden we start sabotaging ourselves moving forward. And they're the three main places that we get stuck. Eliminating sabotages, who we are and, and what we do. When we were born, no parents in the history of humanity have gone into a bedroom watching their newborn child in, in each other's arms going, how can we screw that kid up? This has never happened. Our parents wanted the best for us. And when we were immobile, just a baby, a lump, everything was easy. It's like, you know, it's a lump, feed it, clean this diaper, uh, pick it up. But as soon as we got mobile, things got dangerous. So think of this family gathering. We're sitting watching TV, mom and dad, uh, babies on a blanket on the floor playing with a toy. Everything is wonderful and amazing. Then the baby sees a coin on the other side of the room, crawls over, picks up this penny, and is about to put it in his mouth. Mom looks over. Remember I showed you that fight or flight? She goes into fight or flight response immediately because this kid could choke and die like right now. So instead of saying, honey, put that down, she goes, no, stop, dirty, because she's in panic mode, right? But for that baby, for that baby, it goes, what did I do wrong? It doesn't think what it did was wrong. It goes, I'm dirty, I'm bad. And this giant, this 30-foot woman, who's my mom that protects me, that feeds me, that changes me, all of a sudden doesn't love me anymore because I did something wrong. And pretty soon what happens is we start learning it's only okay to do the things we've been shown to do before. And our parents, what they used quite unconsciously with these feelings to keep us safe. Because most of the things in this world are perfectly safe, but choking on a penny is not safe. Running into traffic is not safe. Being abducted by a stranger is not safe. So they used fear. They used guilt. Because when we did something bad, we felt bad about ourselves. Guilt is anger directed at oneself. We felt unworthy. We got our feelings hurt. 
it led to discouragement, so we stopped trying. And what we do is we take those emotions and we let them crush us when the reality is when we feel fear, we are at our very best selves. We're at the most powerful versions of ourselves. We have reflexes that are Superman fast. We have the ability to focus on what's most important, but we've been trained to use fear to shut us down when biology and our maker put fear there to bring out our best. Guilt is anger. Anger is the energy to do better. Unworthiness, when we feel unworthy, what we need to do is ask one question. What would make me feel worthy? And your brain, your heart will tell you the answer. Oh, if I did this, I'd be worthy. Instantly, you can course correct. When people get their feelings hurt, they get angry. When we see angry people, what we do is, oh, they're angry. What did I do? What we need to realize is if you were a nobody, not connected, they would not get angry. They would dismiss you. If they're getting angry, that means they care about you. And discouragement, which is probably the most hideous of all the emotions, we can ask ourselves, what do I need to do right now to have the courage to move forward? But no one teaches us this. They teach us how to sell. They teach us how to interact. But the thing we need to master is this amazing gift that we have, our mind, our body, our spirits. And so let me give you an example of, I've been talking about, you know, we can improve, we can do better. And in the chat window, uh, if you can write down in a moment a number, and if you're on Facebook, write it down there in the comments. I want you to think about what your self-esteem level is right now in this moment. And here's the scale. The scale is uh, one would be you have extremely low self-esteem and you can't wait till we end this presentation so you can crawl under your desk and weep softly. 100 would be you can't wait till this thing ends. So you go in the bathroom, look in the mirror and go, baby, you are so beautiful. So whatever that number is for you from one to 100, just ask within, what's my level of self-esteem right now? Whatever number that is, just put it in the, in the chat window. And I'm going to show you a way to change your self-esteem right here, right now. That's going to give you an edge in life, no matter what you're doing. All right. We got an 88. Thank you, Joe. All right. So now that you have your number, what I want you to do is take a deep breath in. And I want you to go on this thought experiment with me. USA Today is going to do an article about you. And your friends tell you, you know, you better be ready for this interview. It's a once in a lifetime thing. So you go in this room that's divided in two with a glass wall. And on this side of the room is a, a, a desk, a chair, a tablet, a paper, and a pen. And you go sit down there. And as you sit down there, you start writing your accomplishments all the way back to when you were in kindergarten those finger painting things you did that your parents thought you were totally genius and they put, up, put them up in the refrigerator, projects you did for elementary school, for Sunday school that you were proud of, things you did for your siblings, your mom, your dad. Think back to what you did in high school, projects, summer jobs, what you did in college, what you did for your family, what you do for your community. As you're writing down your accomplishments, the essence of who you are, some people may call it spirit, steps out of your body and it floats out of your body, comes to the glass wall, and you step on this side of the glass wall, standing there, watching yourself write your accomplishments on the other side of the room. And as you're standing there in spirit for a moment, I want you to think of someone in your life, someone that's, that loves you deeply, that values you highly. And it could be one of your children, could be a mentor, could be a friend, could be anybody you want, but think of someone specific. 
just imagine they're standing right next to you. And since you're spirit for a moment, I want you to step into their body and see yourself through their loving eyes. See yourself through their eyes and know how much they love you. And since you're inside their body, I want you to hear their thoughts. You can hear how much they love you, how much they care about you. Get a good sense of that. And the last thing is, since you're in their body, really access the depth of their emotions for you. Now you have those three things. I want you to step out of their body, go through the glass wall and step back to where you're sitting right now, watching me present. And when you step back inside your body, it changes things, right? And when you think about your level of self-esteem, that number has changed. And what we did there is everybody in the entire world is gonna show you, if you want self-esteem, I'm gonna give it to you. Do you know you're made of stars? You can do anything you want and they can give you this raw, raw kind of thing, which feels great, but it's extrinsic. So as soon as you leave that presentation, the first speed bump you hit that, hit, that sloughs off. But what I showed you was a way to do it internally. No one can take that away from you. If you're going to do like a killer must succeed presentation, do that. If you have kids going to a sporting event or an exam, take them through this exercise. It's simple, it's easy, it's elegant, and it works. And that, my friends, that is why I'm here. And if you put down in the show notes what your self-esteem went, uh, went up to, just go ahead and do that now, please. And as you guys are doing that, I want you to think about how many people have a negative voice inside your heads that comes up when you least want it. You're about to do something important and this voice comes up. In the chat notes, just type down what your voice says to you. And as you're doing that in Facebook and in the Zoom meeting, I'm gonna tell you a story. But before I do that, I'm gonna take a sip of coffee. I was at a Vistage meeting. They had about 21 CEOs, a superior advisory group. And I gave everybody a three and a half uh, index card, three by five index card. And I said, could you write down what your negative voice says to you to sabotage what you're doing? And so they all write down what's happening and in the cards, I shuffle the cards up. I distributed them so everyone has a different card than they actually wrote on. No one knows whose card they have. And so I asked them, I want you to read what it says on your card, but do it with the emotions that must be embedded in those words. And the first guy, John, gets up and he says, I'm worthless and I won't amount to anything. And there's shock silence in this room of 21 CEOs that meet once a month together. One of their brethren has that thought inside their head. Then they go to the next person and it's something just as tragic. And all of a sudden they're like, holy cow, we all have this. At the break, this woman comes up to me and says, Umar, John read my card. And when I heard him say that, all I wanted to do was go there and hug him. But I can't do that for myself. So we were put on this planet to succeed. We were given the tools that our parents, the best thing you have to get us to this place. And they've done a freaking amazing job. You have a pulse. You have a computer, you're watching this, a smartphone. We've got all the things that we have. They did the best they could. We're doing the best we can with our kids. What we need to realize is that when we come across something that's negative, where we want to do something and we shy away, that is a clue for us to pay attention to. So 
I'm not sure how many people in the audience want to be an opera singer. I do not. And I cannot sing opera. And that does not upset me in the least. But there's certain things I want to do when I go to do them and I don't do them. I feel something in my body that goes, damn, I wish I could do that. Or I beat myself up. So don't listen to your mind. It will lie to you, but listen to your body. So the things you want to do, if you get that visceral kind of reaction of anxiety or doubt or whatever it is, pay attention to that. That is the clue to what's causing your ailments. So because if we know what it is, there's techniques to get people to break through that. So we can actually, once we break through that, it frees up so much energy in your life so you can go out there and start building the life that you truly want. Because for all too many of us, we are carrying a bunch of negative beliefs that stop us from being all that we can be. It feels like that. And when we look out there in the world, we see people not like that. We see people that have three faces. The face that they show the outside world is sometimes called the Facebook face. Everything is amazing. I have this amazing family, this amazing life, this amazing job, and it is exhausting having that facade up there. I call that the illusion. What's worse is the second face. It's the delusion. This is who we think we are. This is who we think we are. And then there's a third face, the authentic, who we actually are. And this is where your power is. This is where your passion is. So our journey in life is to figure out who we truly deeply are. Once we know that we don't have this fallacy of who we think we are, it becomes the same thing. And when you have two of those things, then this is what you show the outside world and you will become one of those human beings that people feel safe around. Because like, wow, no matter where you are, you're the same person. So what I want to share with you is this, is that your journey is to find, to discover that better self. And the thing that stands in the way of you doing that is fear. And what we need to do is figure out, you know, what are the fears that hold you back, that stop you from achieving the level of happiness, the level of success that you want. So Joe is going to teach you all the techniques you need to be a spectacular salesperson. What I want to teach you is how to take charge of your mindset so we can figure out what those blocks are and get you to get unstuck so you move forward. And in a moment, I'm going to open up uh, to questions and address some of those, but I want to share two things with you first. Number one, my calling and what I do for a living is very much coach people on mindset to get them to get unstuck on their fears so they start moving forward in a more powerful way because if you can get unstuck, you become fearless. It allows you to show up in life in a more powerful way. Difference. The second way I want to make a difference over here. Uh, let's see what's going on there. Let's turn here, over there. All right. So uh, this is my contribution to the world. It's an app that's called Mindset Boosters. And what it does is this. It gives you the help you need when you need it. 
So let's say you just lost a really big deal. As a salesperson, this can bum you out for a quarter of an hour, a day, a week, a month, the rest of the year. If you go to the second track on this list, it's called rebound from a setback. In seven minutes, 29 seconds, it's gonna get you to overcome the defeat of that loss, get you back in your optimal selling state so you get back out there and make things happen. If you've got a conversation that you need to have with a client that's gonna be really challenging that you don't wanna do, you can go to Challenging Conversations and it'll program your mind in seven minutes, 30 seconds to allow you to have that conversation with anybody at any time. So I built this app to empower salespeople because what we do is tough. The wins, they're not enough wins to keep you in that zone. So when you need help, you've got the ability to listen to a track that'll knock you out to help you go to sleep, to amp up uh, your motivation, your confidence, whatever you help you need. I put a link at the top of the chat window on this uh, conversation in Zoom. So go to there, test out a couple of the tracks that'll change your sales career. Thank you so much, Joe, for letting me present today. Uh, Joe uh, or anyone else, if you have questions, please put them in the chat or unmute yourself and uh, ask the questions. Umar, that was fantastic, thank you. So one oh, of the things you. I wanna say is that because my screen flipped out and started over again, I don't have the link to share over to Facebook. Okay, I'm gonna so. put that in the rights now. There we go. Thank you. Fantastic. Okay, so I did, I actually wrote it correctly. Yeah, I'm amazing that way. All right, but, uh, so any questions, Joe? Any questions, anyone else? So what, what do you find? Again, it's about the fear. The fear comes from the fact that we have a different belief system that's inside of us. Now, do you find that most of the beliefs we were given as opposed to creating it ourselves? So it's a, it's a collaboration. What happens is that an event happens or a parent does something and but our experiences as kids and as adults color what they say and it could change how we perceive what they said. So a lot of people, when I ask people, uh, salespeople, I'll have a room of 100 salespeople and I'll say, okay, uh, I've got two flip charts, uh, the green one and the red one. And they're both you know, white paper, but I'm using different markers. And I say, please complete this sentence for me, please. Uh, salespeople are, and somebody will shout out, uh, driven, and I'll write in the green marker, driven. Uh, make things happen, are successful, and all these amazing things. And after about five or six positive attributes, someone says, they're sleazy. Get a list of red marker entries that are about three times larger. They are the beliefs in society around sales. And even Even though we is helping people out, we still have those beliefs in our psyche. And some people reach a certain level of success in sales and can't go beyond because we've got some of those beliefs from our parents, our uncles, our aunts, our teachers, or society that basically get in the way. The other area where we have a lot of beliefs in our society that are negative is money. Money is, of course, people say powerful, amazing, lets you do good work. And then all of a sudden, then you get this other list of the root of all evil, causes fights, causes divorces, uh, and that's a larger list. So in sales, we have 
beliefs around sales that are negative, beliefs around money that are negative. And what we need to do is inoculate ourselves against that. And part of it is go down that beliefs and change those. The other part is the reason I created Mindset Boosters is to give you the help you need where you need it so you can actually break through those barriers. We're all going to have bad days. We're all going to have days. So let me end this, but, you know, we have those days where we wake up where we just feel fantastic. How many of those days do you have a year? Sometimes I hear five, ten of those super magical days. Then we have some really not so good days. If we could have the right mindset, we'd eliminate a third of our good days and make them exceptional magical days. So the new frontier in sales is not sales training, it's mind training. Agreed. Anybody have any questions for Mark? Because I don't want to occupy all of his time and uh, we are coming up at 2.45. So I want to say, anybody have a question for him? Because he'll answer it better than I will. No? We're cold. We're good. We're done. Yes, it sounds that way. So over on Facebook, um, you've blown Edna's mind based on the emojis she keeps posting up. That's over Thank here, you. but she's really grateful for it. Uh, Michael Scarcella is out there again. He agrees with you 100% that you got to find out what is the motivating reason behind it. I put out the illusion, the delusion, and the authentic because that to me made nice. the most sense, right? Because most of the time we compare ourselves to the illusion somebody else is putting out there, right? And it ends up, we end up losing, whether, whether it's face-to-face -face or if it's actually somebody else's Facebook post that's going to be there. So, um, and then, uh, hi, Doug. Hey, Larry, Ken, Frank, how are everybody? So I want to say thank you so much, Umar, because you did. You, you brought the bang with you. That was fantastic. And I know everybody got a lot. Oh, and the thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, outstanding. Thank you, everyone. I really appreciate the privilege of being able to present. Fantastic. Thanks so much. And everybody else, you guys got your information from Umar. You know how to get in touch with them with the mindsetboosters.com. It's in the Facebook link as well. And I want to say for everybody else that's out there, go out and sell something. Have a good Happy one. selling. Take care. Bye-bye. This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Let's go. Educated. Let's go!